Hey guys, my name is Sergey. I'm we're back here with an INC podcast. I'm here with Josh. We're talking about careers and immigration. Josh, how are you doing? I'm good, Sergey. How about you? It's going well. It's almost end of the week, which is exciting, and we are here to uh, talk about uh, the skills, uh, which I'm personally very passionate about. Um, so we'll uh, we'll spend a little bit of time talking about what are some of the things that you must be good at to find a job in tech uh, and other industries as well. And uh, I will recommend, I will suggest to start with the first point that I think is really cool is being adaptable. Right. So, uh, so, so jo- yeah, so, maybe you could talk a little bit about that, Josh, and from like from your perspective, what does it really mean for you? And uh, and I'll dive deeper into some of the points that, that I have. Yeah, so I mean, being adaptable can can definitely mean a few things. Obviously, you're going to have to adapt to kind of the environment, uh, the country, the company, especially in in INC, we like to focus on people that may not already be in Canada. They may be in any country all over the world. So if you're looking for a job in Canada and you're not in Canada, you're going to have to do a little bit of adapting to the social norms and kind of the business norms that go on in recruitment and and you know we'll get into a little bit more of that and then obviously adaptable by company as well because each company and even each interviewer might be looking for something different and so you want to be able to cater to that kind of stuff yeah absolutely and i think uh like when we talk about being adaptable you absolutely must be able to break your previous experience and try something new and oftentimes it comes with the lose of comfort you're losing the comfort you have to do something you haven't done before or you think you're going to be bad at it but that's something you have to do whether it is talking to people that you have not talked before or whether it is just making a phone call to the company and you've never spoken on the phone so it is you get the anxiety or you're scared that's something that you have to do and 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 oftentimes it does come with a bit of a failure it does come up with a bit of a challenge but that's uh, like at least for me was the way that i could i was able to get better right so what Sorry. what were what were some of the things that really helped you or or, or that made you adaptable yeah i think uh, the, the number one is i realized that the realities are is that if I don't get better at networking with people, I will have a lot less opportunities. So that meant a few things. It meant I had to be able to speak much better English, and I was looking for roles that were that were, I would be able to speak on the phone and be good at communicating, uh, and that helped me quite a lot. And then the second point is networking, and I have never liked a single meetup I went to. I did not want to go to a single meetup. I always felt, oh, you know what? I'd rather go home and just be be comfortable. But every single time I went there, I never felt that I wasted my time. And so after I did it for about 10, 20, maybe 30 times, it it got so much more comfortable that uh, end of the day, right now, uh, I could talk to anybody, and it feels great, and it's very natural. And it's the same thing with um, with being more being able to do like the small Canadian talk, being able to say, hey, how's your day going? Uh, or what are you up to on the weekend? And for certain cultures, very different, not very, not something that they do, but you have to you have to practice it over and over again and not being able to look stupid. That's, right. uh, that's, that's, what, that's what really helped me uh, here. 
Right. And and what would you say are the like some noticeable differences that you kind of had to make adaptions to when you came to Canada or when you started your Canadian job search? Like, do, do you have any tips on what to look out for in Canada specifically? Yeah, I think uh, with when you when you are starting out, it's important to um, just to have a solid understanding of what it looks like, uh, meaning that the, the process takes a long time how challenging that is and the best way to do that is to talk to the people who had done it before so you understand what it what you have to go through and then the second point is to figure out how you're going to do that and just have a big enough why because you want to get a leverage on yourself and oftentimes people what they realize they need to change realize okay i need to do the networking or i need to study but they don't do this because they don't have a big enough why very often like they don't have they, it's not they don't associate pain with that so before you start looking for a job just figure out why you want the job and how badly do you want it and what is going to happen if you don't get it and then write down those points and keep it keep it every like keep it uh, and read it every single day because that's something that will will keep you and nudge you to towards the making the right action and, and stepping a little bit out of your comfort zone. Right. That was, right. that was pretty helpful for sure. So, and, and sorry, yeah. go ahead. So I was about to jump into a few other points that I thought we should cover, but if you have other questions, maybe you have a, a, something else that we, we should uh, consider for the adaptability. Section no, I, I was going to say, let's keep cruising along so that we can fit as many into our short, you know, nice and, crisp and short episodes as possible so let's let's just keep going absolutely cool so another one and i did mention canadian small talk and if you are not familiar with doing canadian small talk i would suggest to google it this is really important <laughs> it builds yes i know it's so funny for people who grew up in canada but for for somebody who's coming outside it's like what does it really mean well it means that you need to build a rapport and to build a rapport you need to be confident and you need to believe in the things that you are saying. The best way to do it is practice with other folks that are uh, grew up in this country, or maybe they already adopt, like they already live in this country for a while. And so uh, today, I had a phone call with the director of product management, a completely random dude. I don't know him. Just messaged him uh, on LinkedIn, and the first thing I say is like, "Hey, how's it going? Like, how's your um, how's how's your day going so far? Any plans for the weekend?" Well, it, it's, it's not a very typical question for somebody you don't know if you are coming from Europe or if you're coming from Eastern Europe, maybe from another culture. But what it allows you to do is to break the ice and start a conversation uh, very quickly. And you could be you, you could, you know, it, you, you could make another person much more open. And that builds trust. It builds certain comfort. And then you could ask the right questions and the other person will be much more willing to help you um, if you do that. So really important right. to do the practice, practice that stuff. And I don't know, uh, Josh, how, how, how easy it was for you. I guess it was like uh, it was like a default sort of thing. Right? It's, it's so funny you you mentioned that as a point, because I have never heard the term Canadian small talk before. Because I grew, like you know I, I grew up in Canada I grew up in Ottawa I'm living now in Toronto, so 
what I'm used to is just regular life, you know, quote unquote regular yeah. life. But what I don't know is is Canadian life compared to other countries' life. So it's really interesting to hear you uh, talk yeah. about that. But yeah, I mean, I I would definitely as as many of these kind of cultural norms that you can pick up on ahead of time. Um, not even just for looking for a job, but when you get the job or when you move yes. here, if you haven't, you know, do, something like that is going to come up in an office environment. So the more familiar you are Absolutely. with it, the easier the transition will be. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it's really uh, it's it's a long term play, and 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 it's very premature to say, oh, I got the job, then I'm good. No, 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 because you want to be get be successful at your role and to be successful in your role you absolutely must have that quality and to have some other ones uh, some other qualities that we will jump in later uh, in this podcast but that would be really critical and, and I think for me what would be helpful uh, when I was starting out is just to know what to focus on because when you are getting into a new environment you get bombarded by so many different problems and the mm -hmm. problems that are bigger and bigger, I have to find where the place to stay, I have to find a place where I'm gonna eat, uh, or I have to find where I'm gonna make the money while I'm gonna be looking for a job. So it's really important to figure out the biggest problem, how you're gonna prioritize and execute that. And then in the meantime, you need to focus on, so I would call them as themes, right? There's a theme for job search, there's a theme right. for adapting to the culture, and there's a theme for maybe your personal life and then uh, as you identify those themes you can prioritize them and then there's also methodology to prioritize within those themes so what do you focus on so you you spend the effort on the biggest problem and I think we should do a different episode on that because there's some pretty cool stuff that is really important definitely but but the first part is absolutely just just knowing what is it uh, that 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 would be really cool and Another point that I thought would be important to um, to be good at specifically for finding a job is the art of selling yourself. And right. that one is something that how do you pitch yourself, right? So you, when you when you talk to somebody, and this is something that I've noticed and I've talked to a lot of uh, my friends and colleagues who immigrated, they, the Canadians have this, and you, Josh, know it well, that you guys, you, ha you sort of sell yourself or you talk a lot about yourself when you are networking and you um, you talk hey i'm doing this course or i'm working on this and uh, it's a, you are selling a little bit yourself but for certain cultures like especially for the eastern european culture that is not natural so and then you you kind of hesitate you hesitate a little bit to do that you feel a little uncomfortable and that one is really important because you have to get good at talking about yourself but talking about yourself in a way where it is humble enough mm -hmm. and it shows that you can bring the value. So it, it, it's a bit of an art, but it's that pitch is going to be really important because you will be using it every single time when you communicate with whoever, whether it's an HR or whether it is an employer and you're having a coffee chat or whether it is anybody really related to the company that you want to talk to or maybe it's somebody else and at a meetup that you met maybe it's you josh <laughs> so, right so it, it's that 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 part is going to be uh, something that is really important and maybe you maybe you could talk a little bit about how do you like what is your perception of like selling yourself and how do you do that when you are working with your law clients 
Josh, for example? Yeah, so that's a good question. I, I, also, I think it's really interesting you're saying all this because we just spoke about Canadian small talk, and I think that that kind of relates to this, right? Because when yeah. we're small talking, we tend to ask, you know, how are you? How's this going? What are you doing? How are you know? How are things? And so this, the way we have that small talk kind of breeds the selling yourself as well. So those are a little bit connected. Yes. Um, that being said, I, I think I would be very careful unless you're in an interview setting or, or you're talking to a recruiter and clearly the point is to tell them what your, you know, your strengths and, and accomplishments are. When you're having a casual conversation with someone, Right. Or even even like a sales call, I would say when I'm talking with a client, um, I don't want to be. I never want to be too pushy. I, I no one wants to brag. Like you said, you want to keep it very humble and almost factual. You know what I mean? So yeah, um, nobody wants to talk to a bragger, and nobody wants to talk about someone who only talks about themselves. So as much as you can relate other people's stuff to you or. Like to be honest, when I'm talking about client or talking to potential clients and and or meeting people at networking events, I'm asking lots of questions to them. I actually want to keep the focus on them so I can learn more about them, about what they want, about what they need. And then the time is going to come if you're holding an interesting conversation and you're, you know, a confident person and an interesting person and you're genuinely interested in them. There's going to be a time where they're going to come back at you with questions. Oh, so what do you do? Oh, so you know, how does that relate to you? And that's that's the best time where you can kind of humbly drop. Oh, you know, I'm, for example, let's say I'm I'm talking. I'm at a networking event and I meet an immigrant who's here who could be a potential client for me. Uh, I like to ask them a lot of questions. When did you get here? Are you visiting? What are you looking to do? What's your long-term plan? And the conversation goes. People love to talk about themselves, right? So you get them talking Absolutely. about themselves. Obviously, this would be a little bit different if you're if you're in an interview. You're not asking a ton of questions to the interviewer, um, but in this case, I would get to know a lot about them, and they can see that I'm very engaged and I'm asking good follow-ups, and maybe I'm I'm providing some some insight along with their answers, and then they're just going to flip it back. Oh, so what do you do? And I say, oh, I'm, I'm an immigration lawyer. Oh, no way, you know, my so-and-so, or I need to help with this or that and the other, or what do you think about this, that, and the other? And then you, you build that connection. That's what I would say is the most important part. It's not, hey, I'm good at this, this, and this. It's you build the connection so the person is comfortable with you, and then anything you say after that is going to be even more effective. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? I went on a bit of a bit of a rant there. No, this is the <laughs> this is perfect, and uh, this is such an important part. Like whatever everything you said, I completely agree with, and this is huge because, and this is I think where I should have started by making my point because the you the good sales people and everybody who's very good at networking and doing sales. The first skill they must manage, must master, is uh, the art of listening. So you want to listen about eighty percent and talk a little bit, maybe talk twenty percent, and mm -hmm. asking questions oftentimes is better than having the right answer. Even if it's the right answer, if you show, if you ask smart questions, you show a lot of intelligence, you show a lot of curiosity, you show a lot of willingness to learn, and that is quite that people really can. Uh, they they are, they're drawn to that. They they want to 
for and sure. everybody loves talking about themselves so they would be they would be talking about themselves and they love people love smart questions if somebody asks me and you know i spend quite a bit of time as learning about apple if somebody asked me a smart question about apple what's the business strategy behind the latest iphone that was released two days ago i love that i'm right. gonna I'm, I'm gonna talk a lot about that because i can see this person is not just saying what what's the new color they want to know what's the business strategy so mm -hmm. they 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 want to know a little bit more in depth of what is it and so that one is, is that, that that this approach is is absolutely very valuable and then after somebody you know they answer a few of your questions then you can talk a little bit about yourself and i agree with your point as well but you said it keeps them interested in you so you they want to know what's what's uh, like what are you doing and and like why are you attending maybe this this meetup um so absolutely agree this is uh, this is a very good strategy yeah, I think ask knowing how to ask good questions is, is just a great life skill to have in general. And like you said, you want to do 80% of the listening. Well, in order to get someone talking for that long, you have to ask good questions. You know, Absolutely. unless unless they're one of those just overly chatty people who just starts going on tangents. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I I would say learning how to speak about yourself in a very humble manner, and knowing how to ask really good questions, combine those two and and that's really great for networking and things like that. Yes. Now, and, now and, when, and then, yeah, yeah I, I just want to say in, in terms of an interview, you you got to kind of put some of that humbleness aside, right? So if you're yes. networking, if you're meeting random people, I get it. Certain cultures may not be the norm to kind of talk a lot about what you do or how well it might have done. But if you're, right. if you're interviewing for a job, these people need to know what you've done and, and how well you've done it. So just yes, be honest. And, just be honest and own it. And and, and that's all yeah, you really can do, right? Yeah, I think with interview, it's 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 not it's a really it's it's the process and you have to follow the steps. And the first step you have to follow is you have to prepare. You have to design your pitch and you want to highlight how your background, how's your experience, how your project and your interests connect with the role. And that all starts with answering the question, tell me about yourself. And when they're asking right. you this question, then you have to say, okay, great. Um, this is my name, like my name is Sergey, and I, my background is in, in, for example, in marketing and strategy. And then you talk a little bit about, okay, I spent this amount of time in college or university, and then you, you, you tell a story. You really tell a story, but you want to we, you want to add your successes to the story. In this role, I was able to design a new process that in turn helped me or helped our company improve efficiency by 10%. And then after that, I had an opportunity to transition to the company called Axe. And then there, mm -hmm. I was working on this and this and these things. And uh, one of the, the key projects that I did was to help a client uh, roll out maybe a new feature. And you want to make it concise, but you want to make it as a story, but you also want to embed a few successes in a short way that are outcome-based. So you want to show what impact have you had on every role that you that you held, but you also don't want to just rattle off a bunch of facts. You just want to create a story. And, and that really keeps an interviewer super interested. And that is a great pitch, but you also want to keep in mind, don't keep it over about two maybe two and a half minutes and because you will be judged by how long you speak 
So preparations is super important. If you have that structure, create a structure where you talk about your background, your education, and then your positions you held. What what response? What what did you do there? Uh, maybe your motivations behind it, and one of the successes that you had. What outcome have you made on the organization? And then summarize it by talking about your talking about your uh, hobbies or interests. That is a great pitch. Practice this for 90 times, 100 times. Memorize it, burn it in your mind, and you are good to go. You will not feel any pressure because when you're doing it a hundred, uh, like a hundred and first time, uh, it doesn't really matter. You're 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 on autopilot, and that mm. is when you can beat the competition. Yeah, that's all. All I was gonna add was, you know, you you know, generally speaking, what questions are gonna be asked, right? You're probably gonna get some variation of "Tell me about yourself to get started" or "Tell me about yes. this project" or "Tell me about a project that you are really passionate about." Or, so just to you can write it down you can map it out you can say it out loud and record it and edit it and revise it and like you said just practice it until it's second nature absolutely yeah and this is this is a great approach and and we'll uh, we'll definitely do more more episodes on the specific the interview because interview is such a big topic it it doesn't maybe last too long depending on the company or or the the role that you're applying for but it is there's a lot of work it goes into it to making it smooth and, and, and presenting yourself in a good light. Uh, it never, it, it does take a lot of time. There's a lot of questions to answer and it all depends on the role, but there will be questions like behavioral questions about why I would do hire you. Tell me about yourself. Um, what, what is your strength? What is your weaknesses? The standard set of questions that everybody will be, will be asking. Right. Okay, great. So, I mean, we, we have we have prepare good answers, we have ask good questions, know how to be humble about yourself, be adaptable. Um, right. Anything else you wanted to cover in this episode, Sergey? Yeah, so there's another one that uh, I thought was, there's the two of them, but uh, we're probably going to run out of time, which we could we could probably cover one of the points that, uh, yeah, that let's, I think is going to be. Let's do one right now, and then uh, we'll wrap it up and save the next one for another episode. How about that? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Let's do that. So there's another one that I think is going to be very helpful is you want to highlight your strength in one particular field. And this is goes back to the culture, and this is, goes back to the Canadian perception of expertise because mm -hmm. in a lot of cultures you you gain more value of being when you are a generalist when you can do everything and this is cool but in canada the value is much more in being expert in one specific area so for example if you are in marketing can you you, where exactly are you an expert? Are you an SEO? Like, are you an expert in SEO? Or maybe you're a copywriter. You are an excellent marketing copywriter. Or maybe you are an operations person, so you can create uh, certain processes and help uh, help marketing to funnel the leads well and help make us make sales department happy. So that is really important because if you can, if you are able to highlight a specific strength. That, uh, that actually is aligned to the role and the company you're applying for, or primarily the role. That really puts you in an infinitely better spot versus if you were rattling off, oh, I'm good in sales, I can do marketing, and I also can uh, bartend. Uh, I mean, that's something I could do. And mm -hmm. I see it all the time. Candidates put everything on their resume and then see what sticks. 
you never want to do that this is a classic mistake and this is the easiest way to get yourself disqualified from the from the process when you when somebody is applying and i was talking to this girl um she's she was from russia and she was she put on a resume she, she was applying for she was looking for a junior de web developer role and she put on her website photographer as a skill mm -hmm. and how's photographer related to being a web developer it could be and don't get me wrong sometimes it does like if you are applying for 500 px or if you're applying for, for a company like Flickr that is that specializes on photography yes that is cool that shows you have a passion that is connected to their business but if it is not then it is a waste of time and it, it's sort of like it, it it makes your document less focused it makes your resume less focused and that uh, is uh, devalues you quite a bit and so every single time when when somebody asks you a question you want to be able to highlight your your area of where you're good at you can have and and the best analogy of this i, I could think of is um i i love the gary v uh, gary vinerchuk the uh, one of the really one of the best hustlers out there and entrepreneurs um in from the united states he's an immigrant as well he's from belarus and he says you have to have and he gives the food analogy of that and he says you have to have a steak and a side dish you cannot have a bunch of side dishes without mm -hmm. a steak so you want to focus on one thing and you could have a side you know you could have a side dish you could have something that um that that you also enjoy maybe you're, you like sales but you are actually a photographer or maybe you are a user experience designer. So that is really important to keep in mind. Um, and, and I think that one is going to be really a big point. What, what are your thoughts, Josh? No, I, I completely agree, especially with, with growing companies that are hiring for tons and tons of very specific roles. Um, you, you don't, unless, unless it's the very beginning of a, of a company, you know, that's very small. Uh, early 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 stage startup where it's nice to have people with lots of different types of skills most companies they you know I want to hire a developer I want them to be great at this language and and they don't want to have to question that so I 100% yeah. I agree it's it's very similar in business uh, you know you're, you're better off having one great product than a couple average products to sell to your customers so yeah. um, I no, I, I definitely see that and, and agree with it completely. Totally. I mean, yeah, it, it's something that to keep in mind. And uh, I'm sure there, there's a bunch of other things. It's it's a quite a, quite a complicated process. But uh, one thing I will say uh, to 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 wrap this episode up is people always complain or they saying, oh, I don't want to put all this work. But what it really what how it really helps you is you grow as a person and yes mm -hmm. you will struggle you will spend months and of uh try and error trial and error and you you will fail you maybe potentially be embarrassed which is okay but you will be better off after you get it and you will grow as a person because uh it's not always the results that that make you fulfilled it is the who you become that make you fulfilled because you become smarter mm -hmm. You become, you have a better understanding of the language. You know how to to sell yourself better. You know how to ask the good questions, and that will help you in your personal life, in your professional life. And the it, the process does not start stop with the getting the job. So you put in yourself in a way better 
better level by just putting in the work early. So I would absolutely encourage to to spend as much time as possible because uh, mm-hmm. you will you will you when you see the results that uh, you will be very like people like all every every like the people will be really pleased seeing hey I actually I can do this now. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, so just to quickly wrap up, we have uh, some of the skills we focused on today. Uh, specialize or, or know how to highlight kind of your your core competency. Um, get good at asking good questions and listening and um, knowing how Canadian. to hum- humbly talk about yourself. Uh, Canadian yes. Mastering Canadian small talk and being adaptable. I think those were the main themes that we covered. Yeah, this this is this is really great. I think this one's a really a package that you should focus on early on, and we will be adding more as we go and uh, uh, hear the feedback from you guys. So if you really like the episode, guys, just comment on uh, SoundCloud where we hosted, or comment on the LinkedIn group. Give us the give us the rating. Just see what you think, and if you have questions, then and maybe you are struggling with a specific area that that you want us to, to help you out, absolutely feel free to do so. You could always also message us directly, myself uh, or Josh, and we'll be able to, we'll be happy to, to help. All right, awesome. Thanks, Sergey. this was fun, and we'll do it again soon. Thanks, Josh, yeah, that was great. Thanks, guys, and we'll, uh, we'll get back to you later. Okay, bye-bye.